Welcome back to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is my uh, guest and, of course, my co-host, Martin Nunley. And we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right back into it and let's uh, let's continue. Thank you. Yeah, I, I live right by, by Fort Hood, uh, Fort Hood uh, Killeen, some Fort Hood. So, you know, you know, I could have, when you're going through things and the, the only reason I said it was something spiritual is because I've I seen it manifest into the, the, the werewolf-like being, you know, the, I've seen the, the, the brown one and I've seen a, a black, uh, all black male one. Yeah, my nephew witnessed it. Uh, uh, right where we live, you know, like a year later after I had my encounter, he's seen uh, something picking over the SUV. Uh, we're we're sitting in front of the picnic table in front of a mobile, and our neighbor uh, had an SUV and something was picking over the SUV. And my nephew's like, I seen somebody there, Unc. They're trying to break into their into the vehicle. So when we went around the vehicle, we seen something going through the yard real fast, you know, and, and that house had gates. So it was going fast, you know? So when we went back to our yard, we seen something, uh, what seemed to be like, uh, crawling on fours, right? I was like, is that a dog? We're looking at it. That's not a dog. That's too big to be a dog. Then we were looking at it. And I said, is that a deer? I was like, that's no deer. What the hell is that? You know, we were talking to each other, me and my nephew. And next thing you know, he stands up. Boom. And it was right by the by the light pole. There's a light pole there with a light. So it stood up it stood up and it took off running. So as it was running, we took off running on the opposite side of the street and the streets within the mobile home park is not that far apart from each other. You know, it's just the length of the mobile homes in between. Uh so I'll say like maybe forty yard I mean, uh eighty I don't know how many yards, like forty, fifty yards. Not even forty, fifty yards in between. So I seen that brown one take off to to the left, but underneath the tree, you could see something huge there, and it was, I believe, the out. It was an alpha or whatever it was. It was just huge. It was it was black, and it looked at us and it started running down the street, and it was massive. You know, it was huge. I man, it was. I would say, no, I would tell everybody as tall as it was. You know, I would say, I would say nine to ten feet. Feet tall, and he was humongous. He was nothing but muscle, you know. And that's why, at one point in time, I thought it was something real, like it was like you know a werewolf, or what people call a dog man. That's what I thought. But what started happening after that, I had I had the encounter with the six, with those two, and then I, had, I was another one at the park where I was sitting on the park bench, and it broke a a oak tree limb, a huge oak tree limb. And when the oak tree limb broke, and he landed behind me. Me and my nephew were there at the park. He, land, he landed right there beside me. And he's looking at me, and I'm looking at it. And I seen it was that brown one, right? He's looking at me, and I'm looking at it. And he took, takes up running into the creek. And then he goes back into into the into the park and runs towards the woods where I had the encounter with the, with the, with the six dog, man. And he ran that way, sorry. Uh, and I was like, man, am I losing my mind? Is this something real? And that's why I started thinking it was something real, right? So when I started thinking it was something real, that's when I started getting spiritually attacked by a nothing force. That's when uh when I when I believed it was a, a werewolf or something in that na- in that nature, that I started getting attacked by a nothing force where I could be uh at the park training my senses. Next thing you know, I would hear like something running behind me. And by the time I turn, I'm fixing to turn around, I get hit and I'll fly four or five feet, tumble the road. When I stand up with my guards up, ready to fight, there's no, nothing there. I got dropped like that so many times that I was fighting spiritually. I had to fight spiritually because then he wasn't even showing me a form or anything. He was just attacking me, you know, and I believe because I believed it to be, like I said, a werewolf, you know, but. Then later on, you know, people talking about Dogman. But I was be- I believing it was like a werewolf, you know, believe it. I was believing in it. So then it started attacking me de- demonically, right? And but uh, invisibly. So I, I couldn't see it. So that's when I had to figure out how to handle it because I was praying to God and, and things were still happening to me, you know? And it's like, it was like a constant battle there at Elm Grove, 
uh, where they would come to my house and I was singing, banging on the walls, running the roofs. Um, they would be going into my house, kicking in the door in, uh, opening up the sliding door, even though I had a lock. And they were taking different forms. They were taking the forms of the this, this, this shadow people and stuff like that. Uh, but luckily, you know, I found a solution. The, the opening that I had was that I had some unforgiveness, like uh, Brother George was saying. You know, I had unforgiveness for 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 a gentleman that had a bad experience when I was growing up. The threat threat in my life, you know, I had never forgiven that man. I had a lot of hatred towards this man, but I forgave him that day. Once I forgave them, forgave that man, uh, it's like I started feeling a change in me, you know, a good change. That day that I forgave, truthfully, because I was trying to find out what opening do do I have that these things a lot are are attacking me, you know. So I forgave. The day that I forgave, um, they manifested in my room, and they talked to me telepathically, right? Because, like I said, they can try to control your mind. So they started showing me an image of where they come from. They were showing me where they came from. They were showing me they come from Sinai. Uh, they were showing me all these people that were tortured, where the flesh will go off and come back on. And then, you know, I was back in my, my room, and I could still see them standing in front of me. And this is what they told me. They told me they wanted me to do something for them. Said, if you do this for us, you don't have to worry about, about this. This is what they told me. If you don't do this for us, you then we're going to come after your family members. We're going to come after your son and your family members. But you got to do this. And what they wanted me to do is to take my life. You see? So I told them, I know within myself, I know God is a forgiving God. You know, I asked that forgiveness. So I knew that that was the opening. So I said, at this time, I take authority over you in Jesus' name. My son is protected by the Heavenly Father. And I said, I take authority over you. I'm not afraid of you. I tie by the rebuke in Jesus' name. And when I said that, they took off. And ever since then, you know, the things that were happening to me when I was getting hit, spiritually attacked, all those things kind of stopped in that nature because I took authority over them. But they're still around. You know, they still manifest. They, they still show their form. They're, they Sometimes they come and try to make a loud growling sound outside my home just to see if they can lure me outside, you know. But I stay inside the home. I have protection within within the household. You know, uh, collect minerals. Uh, you know, of course, the number one protection is, is Jesus Christ. But there's other protection also that they can protect you, your household. You know, like, for example, selenite. Selenite uh, brings you guardian angels, for those who don't know. Selenite, uh, is, selenite can, uh, if you have somebody that has crossed over spirits, your guardian angels can come. And angels can come and assist you with a piece of selenite. Yeah, selenite is very on. good. It, it, it's a cleansing. It's a cleansing. And I keep that. I keep the selenites on the on the windows uh, because that's, when I have moved into the south, they try to come in. They're banging on the wall, so I put the selenite, and then I carry black tourmaline. Black tourmaline uh, wards off negative energies. So, so when y'all see in my videos sometimes that I'm wearing the the, the necklaces is all, all the t stuff that I wear is for protection. Uh, and at the same time, you know, when you hear that people's energy gets strained, well, the, 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 the necklaces that I carry, they have energy in them. So if any energy is going to get drained, it's not going to be off of me. It's going to be off what I'm wearing, you know, but it's for protection. That's what I wear for when I go out there and make those videos. Um, uh, they, they, they shoved me off a cliff, two cliffs, one there in Elms Grove. It was like a four, two foot drop, you know, I was carrying groceries. I just heard the footsteps like I was hearing and boom, they hit me. Uh, I grabbed a, a, a little tree and I could see the creek. The, there was no water to land into the creek, you know, so it was just going to hit the bed of the, you know, the, the rock. But the, bit, the, the tree bent enough that I was able to land safely in there. Then I got shoved off a, a, a cliff, uh, a ridge in uh, Shock Ridge Falls in Belton. I got shoved from way up on top. I tumbled all the way down like Humpty Dumpty. And I, I was all bruised up for about three, three, four months. I was in crutches, you know, because they, they, they literally shoved me off the, the ridge. So it's kind of like 
I try to stay away from from locations like that where there's like ridges and stuff like that because that's that's what they do. You know that they, they know I'm a, a spiritual threat because of the knowledge, the wisdom I have to share with whoever's interested in what I'm sharing, right? And they see they see me as a threat, so they're trying to take me out of the picture. But I still continue to do the works because you know I've been blessed numerous times. Well, the Heavenly Father, I shouldn't be here with you all right now. I should have been gone numerous times, uh, but I'm here. So I take that as a blessing that my, the Heavenly Father has, uh, I should have say, works for me. So that's what I do, the works that I do. But initially, when I started doing that for the group, I had a group called Positive Spiritualist, was just as a, uh, I should have say, for me to keep a track or a log. Because in the military, we keep logs. So it was a need to keep a log of pictures of the things that I was going through, or I write down on a piece of paper what happened to me on the day, I'll put a time and a date, and uh, you know, just to keep a track of what was going on because I was trying to figure out what I was going through, you know, what what, what was happening to me. Like I said, I, people wouldn't understand uh, till they go through it themselves, then they'll understand. Can I ask you a question, Abe? When, when you yes, were when ahead, you were brother. a little boy, when you were a little bitty. And yeah. you, you you were you were asked to stay with the culandera, um, and and you you do believe that she was a culandera, not a bruja, right? Well, if, if uh, I seen her healing the people where she was casting out the demons that were afflicting the people, but a culandera is still a witch, uh, some form form of a witch, right? Uh, whether it's white magic, black magic, a witch is a witch, so. They are, in a sense of a way, open or in tune to that spiritual side. That's why, kind of like me, what I did is uh, I didn't want to follow suit of anybody, whether it was a witch or whoever. You know, I followed suit of my experiences in life. And that's how I gained my wisdom and knowledge. But uh, through my experiences, you know, uh, like I said, I've, I've had people, those people that, that, that doubt of me, like, uh, I know there's a lot of people that doubt my pictures, but that's okay because... Uh, I've had people where the I had a there was this guy that had just barely come back from the Iraqi war, and I had told his brothers his brothers were eighteen and nineteen. I told him not to go through the woods because there was you know this demonic thing there you know what I experienced. So his brother came and he he was drunk. It was like he seen me sitting on a, on a picnic table, and he said, "Is your name A?" And I said, "Yeah," and he said, "You're full of shit," you know. I said, "Really." Uh, so I said, what are you, what are you saying? I don't even know who you are. So I'm Chris's uh, brother, you know. He's like, you're full of shit. You're just trying to scare my brothers. And he's like, take me take me to that place. I said, man, you're drunk. You don't want to go over there right now. You're drunk. So I just came back from war. I'm not afraid of what's out there, you know. And and he's like, and he starts calling me all kinds of bad words. I said, man, I don't want to take you there. I don't want uh, nothing happening to you. And so I don't believe you. And so, okay, I'll take you then. You know, so I took him and I said, look, when we get there, I'm just going to sit, uh, sit by the swing set. So I'm not going to go any further than the swing set. So he goes there and he's there. And as soon as we get there, he's like, I ain't afraid what's, what's up in there. This is what you hear. You hear a woman laughing from inside the wood line, right? Like I said, they can mimic voices. So you hear a woman laughing out of there. And he's like, I heard you. And he's looking at me. And he starts taking off his clothes. You know, like I said, he was drunk. He was in his boxers. So I'm going to go in there. I'm not afraid of you. I just came back from war, blah, 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 you know. So he starts walking towards the wool line. And as soon as he gets by the edge of the wool line, it's kind of like he has his hands open, you know, like he's trying to go in there. And he starts hearing him screaming. He starts screaming, ah, ah, you know. So when he turns around, he's bleeding. He's, he's bleeding from from the wrist. From every jugular place, he's bleeding from the ankles, from behind his knees, from the neck. He grabs his clothes and takes us running out of there. You know, he just runs, you know. So I just, I start praying to our father, you know, to protect me and also to protect him. So he takes us running. He comes back two weeks later. He knocks on my door and he said, I just want to apologize to you about, you know, what I said. You were just looking out for my brothers, you know. He said uh, that whatever's there was very evil. And, so, and I said, and I said, why do you say that it's very evil? He said because when I was in uh, in the Iraq War, there was many numerous times that I tried tried to take my life, try to commit suicide, 
And all the places that it made me bleed was the places I cut myself. You know, the question I had, though, about when, when you were a little boy and, and you stayed with this woman and you were a little bitty, what was her purpose in keeping you? Do you have any idea why she wanted you in particular to stay there? Man, you know what? I don't know what the purpose was. The only thing I knew, if there was a, uh, that I, that I, that I witnessed, you know, was to be like her, her little angel seeing or seeing the, the, this unclean spirits leave the hut. No, because as children, we're protected in some kind of way or another. I don't, the only thing I remember her was she was, she would take care of me. She would, she would feed me. She was always making me, uh, Handmade corn tortillas with refried beans. That's all I remember eating. Hardly, I would hardly eat any meat or nothing like. It was just more like beans and and corn tortilla. That's all I remember. How but, long uh, did you stay with her? Like I said, I think it was like six months because you know I had I already forgotten my mother. Jeez, I had forgotten how my mom looked. You know. So that was the. It was like a, a price that she exacted. For healing your your hermanos, your brother. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So wow, that's like just... six months of servitude for aid. Mm-hmm. And then this other baboso baracho that went into the woods. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he was bleeding because I mean, like the, the, these demons can open up physical wounds too, especially if you've hurt yourself. That's another thing yeah. people don't know. I mean, there was a woman, there was a girl that my brother used to date. And she would uh, commit what he called self harm, I guess, right? And she mm-hmm. had like like cuts on her arms and stuff. And when I first met her, she was all into this black man. Like she, she was into all this. So my brother was too. And and they would do drugs and they were into Satanism basically. My brother's born again. He's been saved and everything. And he's totally committed in the fight against that, you know. And he tries to warn people about it, you know, because he goes, "It didn't do anything for me." He tells everybody, you know. But this this girl, she was lying too. I could tell when we first met her, and she was trying to tell me. She goes, "Oh, I, I hurt myself, my cat, and all." She and then the next time I saw her, she made up some other excuse. And my friend Squid was standing there, and we were like, "What?" Like, you you could tell because we had a house that was really active, and so whenever she was in the house, the two or three times she'd come over, there would be activity. And so we 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 told my brother. Who we we used to call him Diablo because that's his nickname because he was the the devil you know we used to call him a, he even has a devil tattooed on his on his uh, arm and then another one on his chest and uh, he's wanted to get rid of him for years but I mean that you know it's up to him but so anyway he's got that you know so I call him D for short you know we don't call him Diablo that much anymore because it's the devil but anyway we told D I was like dude you got this girl who obviously is committing self harm and he goes dude I'm not I'm not with her no more. He said her arms started bleeding one night, and then uh, there was like a picture in her, her room or something, and it caught on fire, like spontaneously. And I told him, I said, dude, don't you think that this is not something you should be dealing with? And I was like, I was going to tell you, we didn't want her back at the house, because me and Scorpion and Squid had a bunch of weird stuff happen um, after she had come over one day, you know? So, And, and, and then the last time she'd come over, Willie... Uh, who passed away a couple of years ago. He was one of my really good friends. He lived in that house with us off and on for years. He, he, he ended up when he passed away, he was living in Colleen too. Ironically, like you're, you're talking about Colleen, you're like, and, and he was living in a house over there near the base. And he was telling me that, that there was activity going on there. Um, and then when he went in for his surgery, he passed away of a stroke on the table, but, uh, oh, yeah, he had a lot of, uh, a lot of activity, uh, because it used to be native land, so there's a lot of activity over there. It's uh, very bad over there. No, it's very, it's, it's super, it's really, really bad. Uh, you know, you, since you're talking about pictures, I had a picture of me when I was, uh, I guess, uh, four years old in a suit, right? This is after I came from the Curandera. So I had this picture, uh, I had, uh, you know, I had lost the picture, and then uh, I got given the picture later on, you know, so I barely had the picture for maybe like four years and I started having this, 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 this thing started happening in my house. Right. And there where you know, my son was at the age of all of us in the picture, you know, he was like four, four or five years old. So at nighttime I could feel somebody jumping on the bed and then they're jumping on me, you know? 
So I thought it was my son playing in the bed at nighttime, and I would go turn on the light. When I looked, my son be asleep. I mean, what's going on, you know? So it was happening that, like that for a while, you know, where somebody jumped into my bed and I was getting hit by by somebody. So I said, well, maybe it's just my imagination. So then one day, like small, me and my... Uh, like chiquito or poquito? Yeah, like it, a little... it, 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 yeah, no, it, yeah, he was still young at the time. Mm-hmm. But in my picture, I was like four years old you know, in a suit. So I was talking to my nephew, you know, about the things that were happening. And as he's getting sleepy, I noticed me as in the picture sitting right beside my nephew. I'm like, what the hell is that? And my my nephew seen it too, you know. And I said, say, oh, did you see that? I said, what what did you see? I didn't want to see what he what he saw. So he said he's he's seeing me and like the like in the picture sitting beside him. So I said, okay. So I want to go look at the picture. When I want to look at the picture frame, I could see something black moving within the picture. So it had to be something demonic within the picture that was taking my form. So I grabbed the picture and I lit up the pit and I burned the picture to get rid of it. And once I did that, all the things that were happening stopped in that nature. Uh, what was jumping on you though at night? Do you, was it was it like a small thing that mimicked the size of your your child? Yeah, it was mim- it was mimicking me. Like they they have the capabilities. What people would understand that they can they can mimic. They can take anybody's form. Oh, I know. Yeah. Just like just like they can read your mind. Uh, there was one evening there in Elms Grove where my dogs were barking. That's you know let me know somebody's outside, so I'll go outside. And I'm looking at my neighbor's porch, and he's got the light on, and he's got a bench there, and I could see somebody standing on the bench or sitting on the bench. And I'm looking, it's like it was a woman, right? So I go by the gate, and I'm looking, you know, to get a closer look. And she stands up and so walk down the steps of the porch, and she's looking at me. I'm looking at her, and then I start saying, "There's no way in hell that could be," you know. And I'm looking, and I start, I start praying, you know. And she's smiling at me, and I'm like, no way in hell this could be her, you know? And the reason I was saying that is because it took the form of my mother. And the reason it couldn't be my mother is because my mother has been deceased since 1985. And this was like 2015. (laughs) So it literally took a form, you know, of my mother to get me to get try to get close to her to, 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 to make it seem like it's her, but I knew it wasn't her. So I started praying against it and it, it went down and it started walking down the street towards that area where I had my encounter. So it's like, that was like one of the last straws that it's like, it, it took the form of my mother, you know, you know, they said that, uh, shapeshifter can do that. But, you know, to me, they're all uh, come from the same source, you know, demonic beings, but it took the form of my mother, you know, and that was like, you know, I wish I, I could have had a, like the a technology to be able to record that, you know, in her form. Like, there's no way in the world. And what was weird is my mom was only like 30-something years old when she passed away, so she was young, and she took that form. Uh, it took the form of how she looked that day that she passed away. It was crazy, man. What did your mother – What? why did she pass away so young? Well, it was a domestic, a domestic uh, thing that happened. But it was it was dealing with all the same things, uh, man. If I could get into that in detail, it's it dealing with a uh, spiritual warfare. Uh, there was this, there was this man that uh, there was this man that he was a ex, he was in the in the military. He was a a Vietnam vet, and uh, my mom and my dad they belonged to a prayer group, right, for the Catholic Church. So they would go pray for people that were sick or people that were being spiritually attacked. This man was supposedly being spiritually attacked by something. Now this, this is a, and this, uh, he was being spiritually attacked by something where that every time he closed his eyes to go to sleep, that he would see a man on a, a, a man in black on a black horse. And what was happening, he was attacking himself. He was beating himself up like he was being possessed, right? So. Yeah, they got the prayer group to go pray for this man, and he was that was happening to him, and supposedly they healed him, right? So 
this man was, was sick and his wife was sick because she had cancer and they volunteered me and my brother to go cut his grass. And he had like a little corral where he had goats and my brother didn't want to go. And I said, well, you don't got that much grass anyways. I go cut it myself. You know, at that time I was in fifth grade. So that's what, 10, 10 years old. Uh, so I go over there and I, I cut him the grass and I could see him inside his, in, in his room asleep or laying down and I already cut the grass and I'm feeling the goats as I'm feeling the goats, you know, I hear the, the gate open from the corral and it's him. It's a man standing there and he's looking at me and he's got a smile on his face. Right? He's smiling at me and he grabs a machete that's on the corner pole of the, of the corral, takes off the machete and he starts swinging it like real hard that like you could hear the, from the machete and he tells me he starts laughing and he's just laughing and laughing and I said what's so funny and he said you don't know who I am I said and I said yeah and I said his name and he's laughing like crazy you know and uh, he said that's not who I am you know and uh, I said who are you and uh, he said he, la he was laughing he said I tricked them all he said I tricked them all he said I'm a Santanista Right? Well, you know what that is, uh, a, a, a Satanist. That's what he's saying, a Satanist. And he says, uh, I can kill you right now. There's nothing anybody can do about it. And he's swinging the knife and he's coming at me. When he's coming at me, I get a message from, from higher, you know. And I told him that I had a message for him. I said, uh, what? A message for you? And he said, and he said what's the message? I said, if you take another step forward, that your life on earth is going to be over. That's the message. So he tried to, to move forward, to take a step forward. He couldn't move. He tried to lift the machete. He couldn't lift the machete. So I was able to crawl, jump over the fence of the corral. And as I'm walking away, he can turn and look at me. And he, this is what he told me. Don't tell your parents what happened here today. They're not going to believe you. So I walked all the way home and when I walked home, I told my mom and my dad what had happened. And they went back, took me over there to confront him, and he lied, you know. So they didn't really believe either or. But that's the man that I forgave, that I had unforgiveness. So the, the, <clears throat> here's the thing. <clears throat> I wanted to ask you a question, Martin, um, what what Abe is is talking about. When I lived in the, in the house I lived in, we absolutely saw doppelgangers. We saw, like, I didn't see myself, but other people saw me, and I saw other people, and then we would we would find out that they weren't there. I discussed that in the early episodes of my show, and that happened, you know, periodically. And any everybody that I've brought on the show that's talked about living in that place or has house set or whatever for me, you know, they've had issues. Um, but. So when you were living in those haunted houses, did anything like that ever happen to you, Martin? Well, I never saw my own doppelganger, but I, like you, I've had other people come up to me and say, hey, I, I saw you in town today. And I'm like, yeah, I wasn't in town today. Oh, yeah, I saw you here and there or wherever. And I'm like, no. Well, they look just like you then, spitting image, mirror image. I'm like, well, but I've never seen my own doppelganger. No. And... Mm -hmm. Hopefully I don't yeah, because that's supposed to be a bad omen. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen that that happen numerous times around when I was growing up, where it would take the form of our brothers and sisters, and I'm playing with them, thinking it's them, and then next thing you know, they're coming from somewhere else, and they're like, "Well, you was over here in the room playing with me right now." So we go to the room, there's nobody there, you know. Uh, they they take the they they can take manifest wow. right that's what it is they can manifest into your to look like your brothers and sisters and you're thinking it's them you know it's i think that's how they plant the negative seeds and not just plant negative seeds but also uh get get people to to believe in them you know thinking it's your brother or sister that they're playing with and it's not even them so they have that's how they get a little bit of like a hold on you you know uh, but they have those capabilities when in uh, this man yeah. with the machete, what, what like what 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 happened? Was there anything that happened after that subsequently? Uh, what happened after that? You know, uh, uh, that's the man I was trying to warn my mom and dad about. You know that he was an evil person, and they wouldn't believe me. So 
they became he became like a godfather to one of my my brothers and sister, you know, a godfather. And he was a cop, you know, and I would tell him, don't trust him. And every time he caught me by myself, he would say all kinds of bad words to me. And he said that he could do this and this to me. He's always threatening me. But then when my mom would come, you know, out of nowhere, because he would go visit visit my, my mom and my dad, he would pretend like he was a whole different person. But he was showing me his true character, right? So uh, I, I would tell him, he said, you're just a kid. I said, I'm not going to be a kid all my life. He said, one day I'm going to grow up to be a man. Ah, you're not, you're, you're just a kid. You're going to do nothing, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I joined the military. I went to, you know, I was in the Gulf, Gulf War. I came back in my dress greens and I run into him. I'm at the stop stop at the, four, at the light and he's at the light. And he, I got to look, I see him. And I remember all the times he, he would, you know, insult me and threaten me and I looked at him and I got him to look like let's take care of business you know and he did a, a U-turn and hauled ass you know like he didn't want to face me as a man anymore you know uh, he took off next thing you know later on that evening because it's a small town it's like I was told I had to leave town or else something bad was going to happen to me you know they like they threatened me you know so I called my my, uh, my immediate supervisor let him know what was going on so they, they told me that if they got like six, seven cops, six, six or seven car, cops around me, told me if I don't leave, leave my hometown. It was, it was after, it was during the time of, after Desert Storm, Operation Desert Storm, that something bad was going to happen to me that night. I said, I'm not afraid. I said, but, so I'm not afraid, you know, something's going to happen or not, you know. Uh, so, you know, I stayed there for a little bit, and then I left, and then uh, they did an investigation, internal investigation, and uh, they found out that there was a lot more involved in a lot of things because uh, what happened to my mother. They found out about a insurance scam where people within the town, you know, they were, they were buying insurances. So, like, the insurances, they would try to put not just the family member, but the, the whole family, all the children, right? So basically, that night that everything happened with my mother, uh, we were all supposed to die because of an insurance scam. And I and I found this out through I found I found this out through through the military because I did an investigation of what happened over there. And there was a, an officer, an officer from that deport, police department that told him what was what was, what was a, you know with the real deal about everything. So they gave me a direct order not to go back to that town because I had, they had a hit out, out for me, you know, not just for me, for my brother and sister still, because, you know, they still had those insurance claims. So uh, when I was, they told me they're going to give me time to move my brother and sisters. So I moved all my brother and sisters away from, from my hometown and brought them to Killeen. So everybody literally lives up here in Killeen. So you and you were down in the Rio Grande Valley, you said, right? Yes, in the Rio Grande Valley. Yeah, a lot of those. Uh, there's a lot of uh, of uh, black magic down there, Santa Muerta. A lot of stuff, you know, going from the border um, into Matamoros. Matamoros. I mean, you know, and I was back Matamoros. in like, yeah. It, it, there was that uh, guy that was killed. I don't know. I forgot his name. Um, he was a, a white guy. He was a Walil. Um He he was murdered by those guys that were in that cult. And it was weird. It was actually yeah, yeah. a Cuban guy that actually was in, in the head of that cult. But they were killing him, and they, they were dealing drugs, and then they killed him. He was a, a football player, I think. Yeah, um, his name was Kilgore or something like that. He was from – Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah he, he went to UT in, 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 they, in Texas, University of Texas, and he was down there. And yes. They, they murdered him, yeah. And then it came out that they were – Yeah, in Mexico, yeah. They, it came out that they were – uh, committing all kinds of of human sacrifices, and they'd found other bodies they too. Still, yeah, they, they, and that stuff still exists along the borders. People don't understand how uh, how bad it is. You know, you, you got the killings from the people that are in cults, and then you got these open portals where you know there's demons and are coming out because people are summoning them, so they're running loose over there. Uh, I'll give you another story from from South Texas where. Uh, down by San Manuel, there's there's a little you go down. I believe I can't remember the name of the highway, 
but it's going towards San Manuel. From Raymondville to San Manuel, there's a a little rest area, and there's a dirt road because we have friends that lived out on the ranch. Uh, they were called the last name was Davila, so we was going towards the ranch, and we it was raining that day, and there was like a little swamp, right? And the water was going over the swamp, so we had to go. Uh, what happened is there was a fish, a big fish, in the middle of the of the road. And we got off. I got all excited because I was going to catch a fish so we can make a little fish fry, you know. So I grabbed the fish with my hand and my dad's there. And, you know, all my brothers and sisters there in the vehicle. Next thing you know, I hear a loud screech. And when I look to my left, there's a, a tree stump in the middle of the, of, the, of the little swamp. And there's this, you know, how uh, uh, Brother Barrow talking about uh humanoid there was this man how can i explain him it looked like a not like a person the face the body looked like of a person real skinny but it was all dark uh and it had wings like of a of a bat but it was like the body was like of the wings you know like it was just that kind of texture all from head to toe and you could see the claws where it was this feet on the tree stump, it was like, like, cr- uh, cr- cr- what do you call it? Cr- crouching or where he's just like, a, right. you know how the crouching. cholos, how the, how the, how the cholos, how they sit down like that on the ground, but kind of like that. And he had claws in his, he had, uh, claws on his hands and very sharp teeth and his eyes were, were red, right? So it's, it's making this screech noise at us and we're looking at it, it's looking at it and, we grab the figure, we start, uh, start running towards the station wagon. You know, this is like in the seventies. Uh, this is like 70, 75, 76. Uh, so we start running and it, it just goes up in the, in the air real fast, like supersonic speed, you know, like, so we get in the vehicle, we start driving. And next thing you know, it comes from the air and it, it starts scratching the top of the, the top of the station wagon. You know, like you can hear it, like the claws, and it's flying real fast, and it's hitting us, trying to trying to hit us off the road. So we finally make it to the ranch, you know, and we get to the ranch, and we start telling. Uh, name was Chui. Uh, we start telling him what happened, and he and he's like, he starts laughing, you know. I said, "Oh, that's the first time you ever seen him." He said that uh, that that's a he said it was a demon of the area. That's what he said. That he said that. There was a witch that lived in there nearby, and that she has summoned the demon. You know that is a demon. You know, I don't know. All I know, it it, it scratched the hell out of the top of the hood of, uh, of the, and I believe to this day, of uh, what I understand, they've been still spotting it down there in the real Grand. I've seen a story where somebody said they seen that creature in McAllen, or because McAllen is close to that area. So they spotted it within the city, flying in the air. You know, and, and that's, that's the same time frame when they started having the when people were being attacked. I'm the real grandly, but Big Bird the, mm-hmm. the said that they were being scratched and attacked. That's oh, the same yeah. time frame. Yes, yeah. same time frame. Ken Ken Gerhard actually covered several of those sightings there. They're Brownsville. Um, uh, uh-huh. which is yeah, it's right across from from Metamoros, and and then. You were talking about going to Reynoso. I had a weird thing happen to me in Reynoso. It it didn't. I I, I don't really count the the things that happen if it doesn't. If it if I can't say a hundred percent like it happened because I was asleep. But this happened at Reynoso at the hotel, um, and there used to be a, a couple places that I would hang out at down in Mexico, and you could still go there without you know uh, losing your cabeza. But um, you know th- there were places that I would. There was a place called. Uh, uh, well, there was a, there was one club I used to hang out at, and, and it was it was uh, called Gatos, El Gatos. It was right there in Matamoros, and then there was another place I used to hang out at, and I can't remember the name of it, but it was a it was a kind of a, a rough dive bar that I would chill at over there in Reynoso. And uh, if anybody doesn't know where that's at, like it's the Rio Grande Valley, um, it's basically encompasses Harlingen. Uh, Brownsville, Edinburgh, Westlico, uh, the city of McAllen, like you were saying. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, of, of weird 
stuff that goes on. Border, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's the borders. The, the, when you cross the border, you got, uh, Matamoros and then you got, uh, Las Flores and then you got Reynosa further up. That's those, those are the interests of the borders. Kind of like when you go towards, uh, one side of Texas where you got, uh, Piedras Negras and Ocuna there, that's the borders. Yeah. Ocuna is and Del Rio what, basically is across. Yeah. 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 Pedras Negras is Eagle yeah. Pass, right? Yeah, Eagle Pass. Yeah, that's where a lot of the Lapan Apache were from. That is the, the Eagle Pass area. Um, I believe there's even a casino there now. It's, it's the only one in Texas, I believe. It's it's that. Uh, but the, anyway, when when you're in, in Reynosa, I had a weird, just a weird experience where a couple of the guys I was with, we we hung out at this bar all night, and I got trashed. I mean, you know, and um. Mm-hmm. Like Baracho Teresos, man. I was, <laughs> I was like throwed, bro. And so I was asleep. And one of the guys that I was hanging out with, this guy Rob, I used to be friends with, he's swarping down that there was a lachusa that came up to the window, man. And that and the other guy that we were hanging out with, he was messing around with this girl, and I was asleep on my bed. And there, there was like two beds and a pullout bed. And uh, he said that they saw they they all three of them claimed to have seen something scratching on the window. And when it moved away real quick, it just looked like black smoke. But the one guy yeah. claimed it looked like a Lechusa. Now, I didn't see it. So I never claimed that as a Lechusa experience because I was asleep. Um, but they always they say that that happened. And I've been in some some situations where there were close calls, like where people that I was with saw something, but I didn't. So I don't really claim it. But the, the, this was I was in the vicinity. Uh, and that happened at Reynosa. And Reynosa, of course, you know, there's a lot of weird ass stuff there too, man. Like these, yeah, a lot of uh, bruja, you know, you know this brujeria, witchcraft. Yeah. I think the guy's name was Kevin McElroy. That you're talking about? Was it McElroy? I thought right. it was uh, Eric Kilgore. Well, well, there was two. I think several people. Two. Another guy I remember. I think his name was. I'm thinking it was Kevin McElroy or uh, something that happened with that. With that, the cult leader that they had supposedly killed over there, when they went hunting for him. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of that. that people don't understand how, you know, how they're trying to protect the borders. There's a lot of things that happen within the borders, not just on that side, but on this side of the borders also. There's a lot of affiliations uh, about a lot of things over there. You know, it just uh, that's why I moved. I didn't want to do with that. You know, I remember I was. Six years old, I'd gone to the corner store, and the corner store was in the same block. And as I was, I had my loaf of bread, you know, I was barefooted and short without a shirt because it's hot as hell down there in the valley. I was a kid, and I seen this big old limousine pull up to a house, and this guy got off with, they had shotguns and all kinds, and I just hear, pa, 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 pa. Right? And I'm, I'm standing there, like, frozen because, you know, what, what I just witnessed. And the guy lowered down the window and he's pointing a gun at me. And I'm just standing there and this other guy tell him something. And he's pointing the gun at me and I'm just looking at him, you know, because I'm not like, 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 I guess I ain't going to say freaking out. I'm just, I mean, like frozen, you know. And he says, you're lucky we don't kill kids. And he raised up the window and he t- they take off, you know, but he was pointing mm. the gun right at my head, you know. The guy's name yeah, was Mark Kilroy. But, That's who it was. We were both wrong. Yeah, but yeah, yeah Mark, Mark Kilroy. Mark Kilroy, yeah. 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 Uh, and then, uh, you know, that's 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 how I grew up in that kind of environment, man. Uh, it, when, when there's things like that happening, there's deaths happening on both sides of the borders. You know, especially children, man. A lot of children have died, you know, along the border. That's why, you know, it, yeah, it is important to keep the border secured, but at the same time, they need to put a stop to all these people that are in this cult that uh, Mr. Turner's talking about, and they ain't doing that because a lot of people within our within our country that are affiliated with those cults. Those are the same cults that, that bring the children from across the border to give them to the people here in the United States. Uh, United States, all these uh, what people want to call them pedophiles or uh, part of the cults. What was it? The dealing with the government, you know. They're all affiliated. That's why they go when the, the borders open to keep their su- supply and demand handy. You no, know, you, you still hear where the the children are disappearing. Well, you you know you're talking about Reynosa, you know, and that's it, it's Hidalgo, you know, it's right there. 
Um, yeah, Hidalgo. Yeah, and there was a story that I had gotten out of that Hidalgo area, which is this is this is interesting. And tell me, Martin Barton and Abe, if you if if we if you know like Lauren Coleman says the name game, and we were talking about that the other night, uh, Barton. When when you look at that the Hidalgo, there was a story of a black dog, um, and they and it was like. Uh, Pedra Negras, you know, like, but not like Piedras Negras, not like the city, but like that's, it was the black dog. And, and, and I you know if I pronounce it correctly, but there was a story that I had gotten out of there and there was these people that were coming across from Brianoso and they were, they had been drinking. They, and this, this guy told me he's like in his 40, late 40s, early 50s now, but he told me this story months ago and he said he was crossing the border from Brianoso and he said that. This guy had say, hey, man, can you can you spare some change? I'm sorry, he was going to Reynoso and he was walking across. Now, this was like 20, 25 years ago. And he said that there was a guy, you know, a lot of times when you go across the border, especially I think I think that region is Tamalipas. Is that is that the region? Tamalipas. Yeah, yes. Tamalipas. It's very poor. It's a very poor region of Mexico. I believe it's Tamalipas. But anyway, he's walking across. He says, You always get these people, they're beggars, you know, they're like they're begging for change. And and they sell chicle, you know, and things like that. And and chiclet, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he would go across, and this guy was chiclet, you know, whatever. And he's and there was, he looked like a little boy. And then he got closer. He said, "Dude, he he didn't look like a normal person. Almost looked like a in the face. He looked deformed. Almost like he was like a goblin." He goes, "And I don't want to be mean." He's like, "I'm with my friend and my girlfriend, and 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 his my friend's girlfriend." And he said, "I didn't want to be rude and be like this man. This 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 man is pretending to be a child. He's not really a child. He's he's a, he's a grown man." And so when he put some change in the guy's cup, and the guy said, "Thank you," in a deep voice. He turned and looked, and he was like, "I knew it wasn't a kid." And the guy was real skinny, and all he was wearing was like a, a pair of tattered shorts, like the kind you wear from like the '80s. You know, I know when we were kids, yes. like in the '80s. I don't know you're where you go play baseball yeah. or whatever. You have those little goofy shorts, and they were always like so short. You look back at the pictures, and you're like, I wore that because <laughs> they're so with the white short. stripes on the, the yeah white the white stripes, stripes right the, the little the little stripes yeah, on the side shorts with the white stripes yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you look at those, you're like, what is that? So this guy was wearing and like the long that. socks with a with a striped socks with the, with the, the two the stripes stripe at the top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you wear that, Barton? Was that your style? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> so, so we all we all wore bare, those clothes. Barefooted. <laughs> yeah, I was barefooted a lot as a kid. I can tell you that. But this guy, that's he was no, like Daisy Dukes right there. No, yeah, that's yeah, what Daisy the, <laughs> the prelude to him. But this, but this dude was was dressed like that. Like he had a pair of those rojo, he's a red, right? You know, and he, and he was like, mm-hmm. he says he was wearing the shorts, and that's all he had on. He had no shoes. Shoes. His feet were black from the, you know. So he says when he when he walks by, his friend said something to him. His friend says something like, man, F that dude, man. Like, you know, and so then that dude said something to him in Spanish and the guy that he was with, he he was, he was a Mexicano, but he was a Tejano. Like he didn't speak any Spanish. And so my friend told him, he said, Hey, you know, he goes, you shouldn't, you shouldn't talk like that. He goes, what did he say? He says, I curse you and your mother. And he says, Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So he's saying something back to me. He said, he turned like he was going to go back and do something. He said, don't mess with these people. You don't know who this guy is. So when they were coming back across the border, they had a little hotel that they had stayed at, and they were they were drink had been drinking, and like he said, they were real young. And he said that when when they were in the hallway, there was this skinny, mangy looking black dog, and he was getting ice. And he said the dog was going around. It was he said this was this is what the dog was going around and looking on the second floor into the windows of the hotel rooms. Oh, and wow. he said he had a bad feeling that this dog wanted something. From him, and so he just like bolted into his room. He said a few minutes later, the dog went by and was looking in the window. He goes, "There's something out there." Oh, guys, excuse me, the chills. And that guy goes, "I don't give a f. I'll go out there. I'll I'll kick that dog." And he opened the door, and he said that that he immediately sees this dog jump up and bite his friend in the arm, and the friend fell backwards, and he fell under the bed, and then this dog bolted out of out of the room and was gone. He said he, him and his his girlfriend got up and they looked out the window and they see that guy, the beggar, the skinny beggar guy, running down the the the, the stairs. And oh man! Yeah, and so what he, was he so took the form, yeah, yeah, so was insidious about it was this guy was like you know that he was practicing magic, you know, and he could come and go across the border at will because. He could change into a the black dog. Uh, and, and uh, he, so yeah, much, uh, yeah, there's a. a, a a certain 
kind of, uh, you know how it's like a shapeshifter, but it's called something else in Spanish. That the Cadejo? Down the there. Cadejo? Yeah, yeah, in, in, the, in, the, in the Rio Grande Valley. Mm-hmm. And the Cadejo is a very is, popular but... legend down there. Well, here, here's what's crazy, though, Abe and, and Barton. I'll tell both of you guys. The reason I said that is, is because of the name. Um, there's, there's a park in my hometown called Hidalgo and we used to go and we would practice. It's where we used to practice baseball and they had little league fields there too. And sometimes you would play on the fields and sometimes you'd practice on the fields. Um, and they're kind of run down now, but it was Hidalgo park. And there were, there was a legend of these things called the Hidalgo dogs. And it was of these mariachis that had sold their soul for this woman. This guy had sold his soul and he talked to his bandmates into doing it. And now they're black dogs, the Cadejo. And I have people who've claimed to have seen these yeah, things. I, I, I know. It's, I'll give you. I'll tell you a story. You know. I, you know. I told you that my mom died to domestic violence. You know. The, there was a lot of activities that were happening. We used to be uh, migrants. We'd go work up north uh, during the summer in the cotton. You know, uh, and up in Lubbock. So, um, some of the events that were happening. Uh, for example, in Lub, in, uh, we live in a rancho in a ranch. And we were seeing this Bigfoot-like creatures coming around the home uh, by the wood line, and they would come and bang on the on the walls. You could see them, how big they were, and everything. And the only thing we could do was pray because, you know, to me, I, I thought they were demonic, so I would pray. Um, that some of the incidents that were happening, or you could see a man, a, a dark shadow man, and one time uh, my mom, you know, she was talking to him. And it sounded like my grandfather, you know, my grandfather was already deceased. And uh, uh, we were working in the field and I asked mom, who was that that came to visit you? Was that grandpa? And she just looked at me and said, and I asked her, what do you want? He said that he told her that for her to be careful for the next couple of months, because something bad might happen for her to be careful. See, I think this, this guy that I was telling you about that he had done a spell on her, uh, because I remember before we had gone to work that that summer, she was laying in bed and she couldn't get off of bed for about a week. You know, like she was like in a coma-like state. So the doctors came to the house to check her out and they didn't know what was the matter with her, you know. So this guy, that I, the one that I, you know, that I forgave, he had come to the house and he touched her one time with one finger, touched her, and she woke up out of, after a week. The doctors couldn't figure out what was the matter with her. But it's kind of like my mom wasn't the same person anymore. It's like she she would act different, you know. Uh, so there was times that I feel that the negative attachments would jump on her, and she would act like a whole different person. And this 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 butos negros or you know they were huge. They looked like like bigfoots. You know there wasn't in the form of no dogmen. They looked like bigfoots. They would come around the home. And you could see the red eyes and stuff like that. And you now I was glad to leave that summer back home. But then. When we got home, you know, all this this activity started happening over there too. So that day that everything happened, uh, my mom was supposed to go to the drive-in with my with my dad. And next thing you know, we're at the house like ten ten thirty. Before that day, you know, she was sad, and she was just like, just told us to come home because we're going to go to my cousin's house. So we came. I came home early, you know, and I was there and. There was this, this policeman came looking, they were looking for, to see the, where the woman of the house was, because I didn't know what was going on, you know, uh, it's kind of like, uh, I remember the truck came to the house and, uh, the door opened and I just seen the hand of my dad, you know, he dropped the purse on the, on the, on the floor. And I said, I said, I said, pop, and I heard him growl, like a growl, you know? I heard a growl, and then I uh, heard the station. He got in the station. I mean, in the in the truck, and they took off. You know, so like maybe thirty minutes later, you know, all this this cops come to her house, looking for you know, asking for the woman of the house and all this. And I said, well, she was with him. You know, we didn't know what was going on. So I got on my bike and I said, man, you know, what's the matter? And they were looking for her. They said they couldn't find her and all this. You know. So I prayed to God that day, you know, and I, and, I, and I pray and I say, God, can you please take me to where my mom is, you know? So I get in my bike and in, in, in South Texas, it's pitch dark, you know, so I'm going to my little town, a small town, and there's dirt roads that go around the town. 
So I'm going on the dirt road. I could only see the white caliche in the white dirt road, and I'm riding on my 10 speed, and I'm riding through the through the dirt roads in the darkness. There's nothing but but fields, you know. And uh, go to this this I had a, a main strip like a, a road, so I take a right and I'm riding there, and I get to this bridge. You know, I'm on this bridge, and when I'm walking my bike across the bridge, I hear a moan. You know, I'm hearing a moaning. Like somebody's moaning. I'm like, man, what's that noise? You know, so um, I'm looking to where the moaning's coming from, you know, and it's like there's a light pole and the light is on and I start walking towards that moaning. As I'm walking towards the moaning, all of a sudden, I just see something tall, like seven foot, eight foot tall, stand, standing right there by me. Uh, you know, when people talk about the hat man, well, I seen the top hat. He had, he had that a cape on and he had like reddish eyes. He's looking at me. I'm looking at him and you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to stay strong with no fear. Right. And I'm looking at him and he literally glides. He's gliding off the air, coming straight at me, you know? So I get him on the 10 speed and I'm driving. There's a road that goes back into town and I can see the town, the lights, you know? So that's like maybe half a mile. So I'm riding on the test speed as fast as I can, and I see this this man gliding in the air behind me, you know. So as I cross the the there's a little irrigation system that goes around the city. I cross the irrigation system and I stop my bike and I turn around. When I look, it's not the man that man, you know, gliding in the air anymore. It's this black dog with his tail pointing up in the air. And it's got red eyes and it's looking at me. I'm looking at it, but it's not crossing the water that goes underneath the, the city or the, the town, should I say. I'm looking at it. It's looking at me. And it just turns around and it leaps like great distance. Like it's it's not even running. It's sleeping like very long distance. So it leaps. So I drive, uh, ride the bicycle back home. And when I get home, my aunts are there. And they're like, get in the vehicle, get in the vehicle. You know, they're all scared. And my little sister, she was, she was like two years old and she's like, pick me up. I cannot walk on the ground, you know, like just when she said she can't walk on the ground. So I picked her up and, you know, we went to my aunt's house and we're there and I'm outside, you know, this still came my mom. And, uh, next thing you know, this storm comes through and there's some cold ass water that comes and there's lightning and thunder. And next thing you know, they say to go inside. So they have found her. Right. So. They said they found her, but she was dead, you know, and they needed somebody to ID the body. So I volunteered and, uh, you know, I did, they just showed me a picture. So following day when all that happened, you know, you know, it's like a seconds turning to, to minutes, to hours. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, she's not there no more, you know, it's, but we're all hurting and stuff. And, I wanted to go back to the location so we can bless the area, you know? So, uh, get, I go talk to the priest and the priest got, got in the vehicle because he was there the night before, uh, you know, to, to, to where they found the body. So we went, uh, he passed by the road, he stopped by the irrigation system and crossed it. And we stopped by the bridge and he said, it's around here somewhere. Oh, yes. And he just went right there. Her body was literally like maybe 20, 20, 25 feet away from me where I stood, you know. And one of the things that I had forgotten that happened that day was there's another ranch that was further up and the lights were flickering in the house. Uh, the lights were flickering in the house and you could hear people laughing. But when my mom and my dad were in a prayer group in that location, uh, those people, the, well, that's another story that I could talk about, but that's where they found the, my mom's body and we blessed the area and everything. So I was right there. You know, uh, that's why I believe in God a hundred percent because he took me, I prayed. That's what I prayed for, for me to go to the location and I was right there. So that's why, you know, I always talk about, I was maternal foundation to go into prayer because he does exist. You know, I, he listened to my prayer. You know, whether my spirit is connected, we you know we're all connected spiritually, where my spirit through love is connected to hers, I was there, you know. Uh, whether I interfered in something or not, or not, I don't know. 
but that's how I felt, you know, especially when whatever was there had to chase me to get from the, away from the location, you know. And this this so happened, happened up in Lubbock? No, the incident that happened is after we came back from Lubbock. It happened in the Rio Grande Valley. And did they ever catch the person that did it? Yeah. Well, I know we know who did it. Yeah. It was like I said, it was domestic violence. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know you had said that, but I mean, it was yeah. Yeah, the the person that, that did it was was my dad. Okay, folks. So that's gonna do it for this episode. Uh, tune into the next episode where I return with my guests and with Barton Nunley. And thank you for listening to PRT. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Good night.